Jacob, you're you're uh you're you're mean in the morning. Am I? Oh man, am I, am I really? When we do it, when we do it, an early an early recording, it's uh, you're, you're like I feel terrible. Like, oh no, guest, you can't talk right now. Don't talk. Don't. This, no, you be quiet. This is a side of me that you've never seen before. It's usually pleasant, Jacob. Pleasant by, by 10 a.m., but at 8 a.m., 8 a.m. Oof, he's a monster. It's just the rules. <laughs> Gotta follow him. Well, here's the thing. I had here's what happens in in our show, which is we we kick off friendships with so people fast. so fast. Ugh. You know, Too and many friends. and today on the podcast we have a guest. What? Yes, <laughs> that's my favorite. Um, we have a guest this morning, and we're we're recording a little or- earlier than normal, so we don't have Elise today. So it's just it's just me and Noel. We and don't. And she's probably going to kill us. She's going to kill us. We didn't invite her. Ugh. Well, we would have invited. It's so it's early. It's we, early. We didn't want, I didn't want Elise to feel like she's got to show up at this hour because right, right. you know sometimes you feel obliged. Yeah, and she's new too, so yeah. she would have done it just because she would have been like, right? She's like, well, is this if this <laughs> what we got? And and I don't, and she's always up to like she all she stayed late that one time when yeah. I was doing the remote so yes. Louise is awesome she's been a team player totally yeah. so i think she would have totally absolutely shown up at the early hour but it's yeah. monday and i'm like i'm yeah. not gonna we're recording on a monday yeah. even though even though today is thursday obviously, obviously. or is it friday uh, we're gonna move to fridays now it's friday right now <laughs> well happy friday everybody it's friday i'm in Enough love about us yes let's welcome our guest you've heard him chuckling in the back and the reason why noel was saying <laughs> i was being mean was we started the zoom call and before we got going we were starting the the pleasantries but very quickly i was like we got stuff we're gonna be bonding over and yeah. I can't. This is gold. We got a bond live. <laughs> this is podcast gold. Bond live, man. <laughs> so, right now, we would like to welcome to the show Jonathan Levy, known as the Zero Waste Guy. Hey, yes. well, welcome, Hello. Jonathan. Thanks Did we pronounce all I your names? If I knew that I was half a mile away from you right now, I probably would have invited myself over. Unreal. I know. Well, next time, that's what we'll so, have to do. Yeah. yeah. I'd say, I'd yeah. say next time people, we just have you come in. Yeah. Did we pronounce your name correctly? Because we have a habit of pronouncing everyone's name wrong. Is it, is it really like Joe Nathane <laughs> Levi? I, I usually say Levy, but as long as you Levy. say hey, you. I knew we'd get it wrong. But I have people that save, that save my name as Zero Waste Guy on their phone. So as long as you, as long as you know that <laughs> if you can... You Google Jonathan Levy, you'll get 500 doctors and some lawyers yes. and me. But if you Google Zero Waste Guy, then, you then, know, it's only then you. I'm the only one. So. And, that, and that one other guy who's like, yeah. like I'm Zero Waste Guy. You're like, no, you're not. Levy. Just I'm, kidding. I'm going to save you. I'm going to save you. I'm the Zero I'm going to save you in my phone as the ZWG. People reach out to me, you know, all over the world wanting to talk about stuff. And I hadn't, I wasn't familiar with your company when you reached out. So then I got your email so Jacob, yesterday us. and it said Pasadena. And I was like, Oh man, not only is that Pasadena, it's walking distance from where I am at this moment. Okay. So, so funny. Pasadena, like, let's, so, so where, where, where I've got to know, I've got to, I've, I, I actually was born, uh, well, I was born in Verdugo Hills hospital. That's, that's how, mm-hmm. which is just let down the street in, in La Cunata. But my, the, the house I grew up in was in Pasadena. And then uh, for a while we, were, we moved, you know, a little bit away, but I've been, I've been in Pasadena for probably 30 of my 40 <clears throat> some odd years. You're very of my young. life. That's how long I've, so I'm a Pasadena guy. Wow. Yeah. You are a Pasadena officially, tried and true. Oh. I've moved here in 2008, so I, oh I'm an, uh, in a, a transplant, an immigrant to Pasadena. Nice. From, uh, well, I went. I came down. I went to Cal Poly Pomona, and I studied operations management. It's all about supply chain management, 
and then got hired into like warehousing and and because that's what people with operations degrees do is sure. they get, they get roped into warehouses. We have a rule so. in this podcast that if you're gonna if you're gonna be part of this podcast, you must have gone to Cal Poly Pomona, Cal yeah. Poly San Luis Obispo, or UC Berkeley. That's the seriously, only schools apparently. Seriously, that we have a roster. Top, the you know the Cal Polys are two of the top tier public schools in the state that aren't They're UCs. Awesome. So yeah. I, you know I, I claim it when I can. Yeah, totally. So. Were you from California originally, born and raised? I'm from the yeah. I'm from near Berkeley, actually. So yeah, I'm from the East Bay, East Bay area, and I moved oh, down here to go beautiful. to college. And I was like, oh, it's. I wanted to go as far away that was still in-state tuition, and I thought I would be like away. And then I, I didn't. I was like, it's California, and it was such a culture shock when I got down here. The first culture shock, again, you know, because I work in waste, was getting down here in, in my dorm room. There was a dumpster, but there was no recycle bin. I go, where's the recycling? Oh, don't worry, they take care of it for you. And I think that. Says a lot about Southern California culture. Don't worry about it. You know, <laughs> yeah. don't Same worry enough. about it. Some bro comes in and digs through the trash, and <laughs> he figures it. it goes to Mars or something. I don't <laughs> yeah. know. Yeah. It goes somewhere. Yeah. It goes somewhere. Actually, it's a, it's a it's a crazy thing. Did yeah. you know that right now we have an expert on waste who could tell us exactly <gasps> where it does go? Right here, right now, Jonathan Levy. Unbelievable. The ZWG. Well, the ZWG. Yeah, I could try and tell you where it goes, but it's yeah. that's not always. There's not a lot of transparency, which is part of the problem. Problem, which I'm trying right. to bring light oh. to is that. Okay. Well, you know, before we, we get into that, we, how, yeah. how did you become, how did you, what, why zero waste guy? What, like, so, so how did you go from operations into, I'm going to, I'm going to focus on, on cutting out waste completely. Yeah. I was, I was working in a nearly 2 million square foot warehouse for target in the central Valley. So mm-hmm. like 2 million square feet, like that's a lot of square half feet, half a mile, quarter mile wide, half a mile long. I had oh. a tricycle that yeah. I was very, very cliche. Like, you know, office space kind of thing. Like I had a tricycle to, to get around the building and I wanted to constantly <laughs> you know, awesome. burn the place down. I didn't, I didn't, but you know, I, yeah. I didn't know what zero waste was. This was back in 2012. So it was my one diversion from Pasadena. I took this job in the center in, in Bakersfield because, uh, paid well, it was for target and it seemed like a good step up for my sure. career. And I got there and I was just in this massive warehouse from 5 AM until 5 PM looking at these 30 foot tall racks of, consumer goods and pallets stacked on top of pallets of paper towels and bottled water. And, you know, like I said, I didn't know what zero waste was at the time, but I was like, man, I feel like I'm optimizing the supply chain of this like disposable consumer driven kind of model that doesn't really align with my values. So I figured as a supply chain person, when I studied supply chains, they're very linear. You extract resources, you manufacture products, you distribute the products, you sell them, and then when the consumer is done with them, they just throw it away or recycle it or get rid of it, or put it in the closet forever. Yeah. And I figured if I went to the end of the disposal or the end of the supply chain, which is the disposal, I could work my way backwards and and try and make more upstream changes. In reality, it's not not as not that easy, but that's what got me. That's what got me into it. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Sense. Yeah. No. We we uh, we we well we did an interview and then had to do it. Anyways, we talked to it, to a toy person that we know, and he was talking about the difficulty of, of, uh, of exactly what you're talking about. And, and so much of the, the problems of, of doing that are, are involved in, in the fact that there isn't uh, like the supporting technologies don't exist. So it's like you, you, like it, it kind of requires a whole change of, of thought and it's uh, it takes time to, to get yourself from where you are to the point where people are doing things the way, or even supplying the goods you need to supply, or changing the way they get the supplies that you want to get, yeah. how they make them, are they the right quality, will people actually still buy them, yeah. things like that, and then, and then putting that all together before you can figure out how do I make something that's going to last and not create waste. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, and most of our disposal, like we, we look at the trash as the default. So right. like recycling is nice to have, composting is nice to have, but if yeah. you're too lazy or you don't care, you just throw it in the trash. Right. So most of our recycling like do, programs, <laughs> pretty much every recycling program requires us as consumers to opt into the program. Meaning we have to choose to buy a product that's recyclable and then we have to choose to get it into a recycle bin. And then we have to hope that the recy- the company that collects it can take it to a facility that can recover it and find a market for it because if there's no market for the material, meaning no one wants to buy it, then it it's just going to get landfilled anyway, yeah. anyway yeah. or incinerated anyway. And it's just, you know, I know you, I'm sure you guys are all about air quality. So incineration, I'm sure you, yeah. is a we hot love it. topic, but yeah. we love it. John. A, lot our of thing. To, you know, <laughs> a lot of people seem to think that if the trash gets burned and turned into energy, that it's, that's a great option, but it still maintains that linear straight supply chain. And, I'm always trying to get things to be more circular. How can we replicate what happens in nature? And in nature, the leaves fall on the ground, and then over time they break down and they disappear. There's no right. gardener to take them away. There's no compost facility. There's no mulching place. There's no landfill to cover them up with. And right. No, uh, it's a you know, perfect closed circuit for. loop, right? Everything yeah. works. Everything that's, that's, that's here is intended to, to, yeah. to be reused and, and changed and used again. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm kind of curious to ask you guys because you're all about you know air. Um, mm-hmm big push right now is this thing like called quote unquote renewable natural gas. And most cities are requiring their waste haulers to buy renewable natural gas. And this is natural gas that I guess came from a byproduct of digesting uh, like wastewater treatment. So by digesting human solids or uh, by either byproduct of mostly anaerobic digestion, that sort of thing. And they're, they're, they're calling it renewable because it's coming from maybe a renewable source. It's coming from food or human waste, but it doesn't seem to maintain that cycle. You're still making a one-time use fuel. So is that mm-hmm. is, is, is is turning that to fuel better than land landfilling? Probably, but is it better know, than composting? It's funny that that's this is a this is a theme in general right now. I mean, it's also with with uh, they an issue with uh, with air travel, right? That these these airplanes they don't want them to burn so much kerosene, right? So that's that's basically what what jet fuel is. And so now they're trying to make uh, biodiesel versions, or like like bio kerosene. So they're trying to make yeah. it out of out of other, you know, plants. So you grow up plants so that you can then burn them. So and the idea is that if you're if you're growing something and then you're and then you're you know then you're you're you're, you're sucking in carbon dioxide in order to to create that thing and then by burning it you're you're basically putting it back out and so it's a it's a clo- it's not quite though you're still losing in the end. I think it's kind of the same. You know, you're you're. That yeah, human waste is is, uh, is can can be better used, I think, for other purposes. I think it's pretty it's pretty it's pretty well used. Uh, if, it could be used to to help grow uh, more life. I mean, that's sort of its original intent, right? Like animals, like us, we're supposed yeah. to walk around and, and poo and pee what? all over the place. We were, Jacob. Is that what we're talking yes, about? Yes, and then that helps and that helps uh, <laughs> that helps grow. You know, the, the, that life which can live off of that, right? Which is mostly plant life. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no. Look for me anytime that you're that you're you're combusting anything, uh, it's, it's, it's probably not optimal. So the, the idea is, I mean, I, I think ideally, no, no, we, we wouldn't be doing that. We'd be doing something better. But there's also the problem of the transition, right? Like, yeah. like people aren't going to, people are not going to stop using their iPhones. They're not going to stop using their computers. They're not going to stop using, wasting energy, essentially. I mean, we, we, I don't want to say wasting. I mean, I'm sure it's very important to people how they use their energy. Yeah. We try to be nice to people. Uh, consuming, consuming yeah. energy. Consuming, consuming energy, energy, right? So yeah. it's, so it really, it's just like, I think that, you know, people I think really do want want to make an effort to to consume less and to be better about it. That's that's definitely a change that's happened over the last twenty years. You definitely see people people care, yeah. And they're and they're really making an effort. But um, 
the 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 underlying system of how how we do all this is is like it doesn't really work. The infrastructure that's built so that we can survive with the world that we have, with the toys and tools and technology that we have, doesn't quite work, and we've got to change it. But the thing is, we're not going to change it overnight. It's just not, it won't happen. So I, I do think it's a good solution because I think it's a better solution than what we had before. And I think that anytime mm-hmm. you step closer, it's, it's better. And if we can do things to transition ourselves to where we've got to be, mm-hmm. then we can make it out. That's, yeah. that's kind of our perspective. Yeah. What, what do you think? Yeah, transi- transitory technology is always difficult because us, we, as humans, our lifespan is not very long in the grand scheme of things. So sometimes it's hard to see a solution that might last my, it's not, it's not where we need to be, but it might last my entire life, <laughs> life for longer. <laughs> right. Cause I right. noticed, especially with, with like social media, people want it now, whatever it is, they want it now. It's not good enough. It could be better. They want it now. They want the best. I don't know. And it's, yeah, they, well, want and, the, and, they want us to turn the plastic well off. Like right now, just turn it off and become never use it again. Yeah. But well, but then they have no concept of what happen. that would mean. If we turn the plastic well off right now, again, you wouldn't have your phone. Yeah. And we, we talk about that all the time about how it's such a great resource when used responsibly and used well. It's, it, you know, plastic is something that, you know, for medical equipment and, and things that we need um, is a great tool. It's just getting away from this one and done model, this, right. you know, right. disposable here and it's trash, you right. know. Because its original purpose was conservation, to, to, save, to save like turtles, right? To save things that were being used for the same pl- plastic purpose. Yeah. I mean, it's, plastic, it's, it was a pretty brilliant invention. It's just been completely abused, which is, yeah. which is the human way. Yeah, classic human. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, like I said, I work, I work in the waste industry. I'm a consultant. A couple of my clients are waste haulers. Those are the people that drive the garbage truck. They collect the material. And, yeah, sure. And it's always interesting because people, the number one pushback I get about plastic is, oh, it's got a recycle logo on it. I'm putting it in a recycle bin or like in Pasadena, <laughs> as you know, oh, don't worry. They sort it, they, they sort through it for me, yeah. which they're supposed to do if they don't provide a recycle bin, but I could go on all day about that, but it doesn't change just, it doesn't, I feel like it, it kind of, people miss the forest for the trees or something because they forget about just the sheer amount of resources that it takes to have a trash truck on the road. Even if it's consuming a a more renewable form of natural gas. It's still putting a lot of wear and tear on the roads. It's still a lot of truck traffic. I don't think people re- really realize just how many, how many trucks are on the road, just tra- transporting their garbage somewhere. Yeah. And, and, and you know, like you said, it's not, it's not, uh, it's not carbon free. These, these, these trash trucks either. It just, it just isn't. And you know, the, the, in fact, your, your particulate matter is worse. Uh, on, on that, that, on those vehicles, right? And that's that's how you're getting asthma. That's how you're getting lung disease. It's also so there's a there's yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I hear you. It's not it's not a good idea to have trucks running around. But sorry, go go ahead. No, just I, I wish that uh, like you like these may be transitory things like digesting uh, food waste and using it to power trucks or or bio biosolids or whatever they call our human waste. But I see like even cities like Pasadena, like actively kind of fighting against like community models, like community composting models and communities recycling model projects. And they don't really support those types of things. And I don't know if you noticed, there's no, there's hardly anywhere to recycle a bottle or can these days because the state changed policies. So now it's just, there's no locations that, that, that do it. And, you know, cities like Pasadena, which could be leaders 
Um, I should ask you how many people, if the mayor listens to this or not, so that I can, I can, you know, <laughs> what I say or not. No, you know what? The mayor's uh, the mayor's a good a good guy. The new mayor is a, is, a, is a good guy. Yeah. Uh, uh, he, he probably has. He's he's a, he's, he's a, you know. The, I, Victor Gordo, he's a, he's a he's a he's a good guy, um, and, and I think he's working yeah. hard. He's got he's got a lot of he's got a lot of lot of kind of issues to deal with and change around. And he's he's sort keep... of a different a different animal yeah. than most Pasadena. Like Pasadena is is uh, is an interesting city because it's a it's an older yeah. city, and it's got it's got uh, it's got kind of an, an upper class. Uh, I mean, it's there's there's a there there is an element of of uh, of, of old school wealth in this city that is a lot more powerful than people realize. And though they vote Democrat, oh, it doesn't yeah. mean that they're that they're you know. I mean that that doesn't actually mean anything. People think it, it does, but like you know, they, they still want their stuff the way they want their stuff. And Victor Gordo, I like him. He's a yeah. little he's he's newer. He's 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 uh he's 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 not really from that that uh, that group. So we'll see what he does. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm 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 hopeful. I'm, yeah. I'm hopeful. He hasn't he hasn't said much on about the he didn't say much about the environment during his his campaign. But I'm yeah. I'm hopeful. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yeah, I did vote for him though because I wanted to. I wanted to try some change. You know, yeah. I felt like we kind of, you know, the um, we had kind of the business as usual for too long, and I was ready to try something different. Yeah. Yeah. So well, well that's kind of cool too. He, he grew up here and he went to the high schools here, and he's sort of a, a Pasadena boy. You know, so it's it'll be it'll be cool. And an immigrant came into town. He's, he's an interesting guy. I, I, I I'm I'm. Uh, I don't live in this city, so I don't know. Well, yeah. So you didn't have to do the you look into the research. I know or find nothing out or, about yeah, the Pasadena yeah. politics and the mayor well, look, or anybody. Pasadena, like. yeah. I mean, Pasadena, like many cities, it absolutely could be a leader. Could could be ahead of the game and could do more. And and I think that that's you know that that's something that that people like us, uh, Jonathan, we gotta you know help to help to push that Drawing. along. You know. Yeah, yeah trying. trying to. Yeah. <laughs> well, when this when this whole thing began, and, and you know, you got you people can find you at at zero waste guy at on Instagram, and you've got the site and everything. What kind of snowballed into you feeling the need to get this from the ground up, putting yourself on social media, and uh, what are the <clears> things <throat> that you right out of the gate you try to get people to correct or start to learn about uh, sure. reducing waste or waste management in general. Yeah, it's kind of funny because you asked like about twenty minutes ago. We started talking about what, how I got into it, and we still haven't gotten gotten. Yeah. We still haven't gotten. There oh, yet. that's classic no, biofriendly so podcast, by the way. Tangents, tangents, tangents. <laughs> yeah, <sir. laughs> yeah. So I, I was, you know, the I was working in the, the warehouse and uh, for Target, and then I went and traveled. I traveled Europe for a few months trying to find myself. I got back and. I had been networking and I started doing these like waste audits to where I would go to businesses on behalf of waste haulers. And I would look in their dumpster and I'd say, Hey, based on the size of your dumpster, you are, or the amount of service you have, you're required to recycle. There's no teeth to these laws, these particular laws, but I would say you require, you are required to recycle. And if you recycled, you could adjust your service instead of having this dumpster empty six days a week, you could have it emptied three days a week and you could add a recycle bin and put all your cardboard and your bottles and cans in it. And, you know, you'll save money and you'll meet the requirement. So I started doing that and I just lots of, lots of networking and doing these types of, uh, this education outreach and these waste audits and that sort of thing. And then maybe in the fall of 2015, I was talking with somebody about it. I had an Instagram. It had, I had a different name. It didn't really make sense. And I was talking <laughs> to him and he's like, you know, you're, you're the zero waste guy. And I was like, Oh, I guess I am. And then I looked and there was, you know, zero waste guy.com and at zero waste guy and all that yeah. stuff. So I was like, yeah, I, I, guess I, I, myself. I, I, I yeah, wish I could say this. I really, it was my own, my own doing, but 
really what happened was more and more people were asking me to go, Hey, I know you work in like trash. You know, I know, I know you spend a lot of time around dumpsters and waste and recycling. Like, is this recyclable? What's recycled? What's recyclable? What isn't recyclable? How can I live more sustainably? So then I thought it would be a good idea to, to, to start a blog and social media to like get my ideas out there. And the number one thing I tell people is, and you guys, uh, Noel alluded to it earlier, is like, if you have, like, if you want to get started reducing waste, take stock of everything you have that you buy and only intend to use once and try and find a more durable or more reusable option. I think it's really hard to know what's going to get recycled or not going to get recycled. It's really hard to understand if, even though it says certified compostable, is it actually going to get to a facility and get composted? I have no idea. And I can tell you it's probably not going to. So I tell people to look at anything you use one time and try and find an option that's reusable. So if that's a coffee cup, a water bottle, uh, a coffee pod, (laughs) you know, look for the more reusable option, the reusable filter, the reusable water bottle, the reusable sandwich bags. Um, that's usually, that's usually the start because if everybody made more of an effort to prevent all the single use plastic and that sort and single use glass and all the things that we throw in our recycle bin, we would over time take trucks off the road because we wouldn't be generating as much material. And I think that's probably a bigger impact than, than a lot of things that we could do taking those trucks off the road, reducing the need for landfill in these facilities. Yeah. Yeah. Process our material. Well, and, and and also changing the changing what we're putting in the landfill, like the, the percentage of, of plastic versus other things that that might biodegrade a little faster. Yeah, which is which is a good thing too. I, yeah, I mean, I, I'm totally with you. And, and this is it's a, something that people can, if you conceptualize it for a minute, you think about just about how often you fill up your your trash can every week, right? And how much waste that is every week. If you yeah, find ways number, to go yeah. ahead. Sorry, I'm sorry. It's the number the number the number one pushback I get from people is like, oh. I don't make any trash, but my recy- my recycle bin is full to the brim. I have two <laughs> recycle bins. That's how much recycling I make every week. Yeah. And I yeah. said, oh, what? And I always say to them, well, what happens to that recycling when it gets collected from your house? Like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, they're <laughs> like, just, they're just know, trust that they're doing it's got the right a recycle thing. logo on it. It's like, eh, I think you're yeah. just making yourself feel good. Uh, about turning a blind eye because you really don't know what's happening. You know, we don't material. we don't like to do bummer runs, but I think I think it's time for a slight, a slight, m- just a, t- a tiny b- bummer run. I think I think I think you should kind of explain to us an example of of what what might happen to I to go through the life cycle of my recycle bin. My, I put everything <laughs> in the recycle bin and I pull it out and it's on the street. Now, what is the likely sure. scenario for that recycle recycle bin? So it'll most likely, at least in California, I can't speak for other other parts of the country. I can't even speak for other parts of the state really because sure. um, different, different places. I mean, nine, nine years ago when I lived in Bakersfield, recycling, re- residential recycling was optional and you had to pay more money to get a recycle bin. So a lot of people didn't opt in because it cost more money. Right. So I really can't speak to anywhere, but I can speak to the to Southern California at least. Uh, we have these things called material recovery facilities. They're called MRFs. A lot of people think, or the nickname is Murph. A lot of people think they're like recycling facilities, but we don't really recycle anything. We don't really reprocess anything here, at least not in Southern California. There are some paper mills in in America. There's some glass recycling, but most plastics and papers are getting, sorry, I said paper mills. They pulp them and they still ship them overseas somewhere to get recycled. But from a logistical standpoint, you put your cart on the street, the trash truck comes it empties it. It takes it to a material recovery facility. They dump it on the ground. 
a big tractor, you know, big toy, big toy mm-hmm. tractor that's, you know, the wheels are almost as tall as I am. We'll mm-hmm. take big scoops, put it on a conveyor belt. It'll go through a series of conveyors that uses, depending on the facility, a combination of technology and human labor. Yes, like people, <laughs> men and women. <laughs> and some of them will be picking off. Sometimes they pick off items that are they think are going to clog the system, like grocery bags or big bulky items that shouldn't have gotten in there, big rigid pieces of plastic. And through a combination of magnets, air, oscillating conveyor, but it's hard, it's hard to really describe what the, <laughs> yeah. what the heck these things are doing. Lots they try to do their best to separate. That's, I mean, that's what it kind of looks like. So I know, love it. If you're watching the show, this is, this is how you explain it. <laughs> Your hands are going up and down. Uh, things are flying everywhere. It's like a, it's like a tornado. I love and, it. And, you know, the, the goal is different. Depending on, depending on the facility, the goal might be different. There's a difference between what is recyclable versus what there's, what's marketable. So sometimes they will collect some sort of commodity, some sort of mixed paper, and they'll make it into a bale, yeah. a, you know, like a hay bale that weighs a thousand pounds or something. Sometimes they can sell it. Sometimes they can pay to get rid of it because maybe landfilling might cost 50 or $60 per ton in California in Southern California. And maybe they'll pay $40 a ton to have somebody come collect it from them and take it somewhere. Usually, usually Asia to be recycled. And it's oftentimes it may not even be cheaper to pay to have it shipped off or recycled, but our, our main goal in California is to divert it from landfills in California. So as long as it's diverted from the landfill, we oh, call no. it kind of recycled and we kind of yeah. set it and forget it. So I touched on a lot of things, but the important thing to note are recycling only works if somebody buys the, the material. And oftentimes we ship it to, to Asia to be recycled. If somebody doesn't want to buy it, maybe maybe they will still divert. They'll pay to get rid of it because it helps meet their goals, their minimum requirements of diverting materials from landfills. Another thing to note, as I mentioned, is there are a lot of humans that interact with our trash and our recycling. They're in the transfer stations, they're in the facilities. Sometimes they're on almost like sorting lines and they're like looking down at the conveyor belt and they're trying to pick off commodities that are maybe higher value or cause or clogging the system. So there's a lot of like kind of the human side of processing our waste that people don't really think about. Wow. And then, as I said, the end goal is to, well, it depends on who you ask. If it's a private facility, the end goal is to make a profit. <laughs> but <laughs> right. From, right. you know, from the governmental standpoint, the end goal is to divert material from landfills. So if we can uh, burn it as fuel, sometimes that can be, they call it transformation because they're <laughs> transforming it into energy. It's <laughs> yeah. a fancy it way of fuel. saying waste <laughs> to energy. Yeah. Sometimes, uh, we're seeing as they're pelletizing plastics, a lot of the plastics that are like lower value that are still, you figure most cities now in California are taking plastics. They're saying we want plastic number one, which is like a water bottle, uh, PET, plastic number two, which is like a detergent bottle or that sort of thing, HDPE. Sometimes they'll take plastic number five, which is polypropylene, which you'll see in like uh, food containers, yogurt containers. And they're still getting slammed with all these other plastics Number three is PVC, which is pretty toxic. Number four is low dent. Sorry, I go all these things. Number six is polystyrene, styrofoam. And then there's number seven is other. So it's like a catch all. And they're just, 
a lot of times they're getting slammed with these materials because they have recycle logos on them. So people throw them in the recycle bin thinking they're going to get recycled. So we've also been seeing a trend of taking these, these plastics where there's no market and they're pelletizing them and they call it refuse derived fuel. So refuse is another name for trash. <laughs> wow. uh, refuse derived, derived fuel. And they're using them in like cement kilns, something that would normally be powered by like coal, like in some sort of like, like foundries and manufacturing. Wow. And maybe instead of using, using coal or natural gas, they're using these plastic pellets to, to heat these big old kilns for different types of like, um, rendering and manufacturing processes. So holy cow, uh, a lot of the, so a lot of, I feel like it always, it always sounds like doom and gloom, but in, until you shine a light on it, like there's so much, uh, darkness, there's so much opacity in what happens with our waste and our recycling. Yeah. I think we really need to shed a light on it. That's the, really the only way to drive any change. And I agree. People really need to know that, that most of their plastic isn't getting recycled. Uh, a lot of it is actually could be getting burned or turned into pellets and ultimately burned. Uh, yeah. <laughs> a lot of it's just getting thrown away. Yeah. And I think that until we kind of face that, yeah. we're not going to really drive any change. And we really need to change that paradigm, This, or at least the the mindset that our everything, because it has a recycle logo and it's put in a recycle bin, means it's actually getting recycled into a comparable comparable quality material. And even that's not true. Most plastic is what they call downcycled. So it goes from a water bottle to a park bench. And maybe that park bench has a five-year shelf life or a 10-year or 20-year, but then once that park bench wears out, it's just going to be it's going to be it's going to be garbage. Yeah, they, so they can't recycle it's it better, again. It's better than nothing, but I think people need to reorient or re reset their expectations about what it means to recycle and what it means to be biodegradable or compostable. Yeah. Yeah, well, and just to just to put a, a button on the bummer run. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, if, if you uh, if if you think about what was just said there, uh, so shipping stuff to be recycled in in, in Asia, which you know it, a good portion of the time is actually put in a landfill in Asia, means that not only have you still just thrown it away or gotten rid of it yeah. um, or just delayed the time that it takes for it to, to, to be thrown away. Uh, but you've, you've added the, the carbon emissions of, of what it is to put it on a, a ship and send it across a, the largest ocean on earth uh, to another country where, yeah. where, where then they, they handle it. So it's, it's a, uh, it's, you know, and then, and then you think about, so what, what, what is coal is an upgrade from wood. Right. Yeah, in terms yeah. of now, it's funny that people would think about that. But like when you think about burning and what is what causes the most emissions, what, what causes the most damage, uh, like, you know, you don't want to burn wood, really. Yeah. I mean, you, you, we do. Really? It's fine. And you, yeah, you, do some, you, you get some heat out of it. And that, that's pretty good. Coal is an upgrade. Trash. Oh, is that because of the efficiency? Sorry to interrupt. That's because yeah. of the efficiency of the coal. Like wood is not as yes. efficient. As, yeah. Wood is like not as efficient. Product more exactly. Like more soot compared to coal or something. Exactly. Yeah. Less efficient. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So trash is even less efficient. I'm assuming trash, trash is, is less efficient be than less wood. Efficient than <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so now what we're doing is we're taking we're so, taking something like coal that we all have agreed pretty much people people hate coal. Coal's yeah. so bad, right? There's yeah. this, this general agreement uh, amongst most people now. Like they've done a good job marketing that coal is bad yeah. in America. So yeah. right, wood, which is which isn't isn't used. Uh, I mean, it, well, it is used a lot as we discovered earlier, but not yeah. not for for like industrial purposes. We're talking about something that's worse than than even wood as trash that's now being burned in place of coal in the name of recycling. So there's your button on. on yeah, the, you know, there's the actually <laughs> the closest waste energy plant to us is in Long Beach. So as if they don't have enough bad bad emissions because of the you know the ports and all the truck traffic and whatnot, there's yeah. 
the county of LA operates a waste to energy facility in Long Beach. And if you live in a single family home in Long Beach or somewhere where the city hauls your trash, it's going right to the right to the the incinerator. It's not getting sorted through. Right. It's not getting you know, they're not pulling any any contaminants out. It's going right to the right to the incinerator. Man. So but I would ask you. Oh, so can I ask you? Sorry, yeah, ahead, it's, yeah. about, it's about wasting. It's about energy. Yeah. So I didn't know that. I didn't know that wood was less efficient. Now that you're, it makes sense that you're explaining it. Um, I have family members who live in rural Northern California, big logging logging yeah. area, and they were. Um, my cousin was telling me with a lot of pride about how they take all the the wood because in in uh, in the wood man, the mill the wood mills and whatnot. There's lots of you know dust and powder and small pieces that fall through the cracks or whatever. Sure, right. And he was telling me with a lot of pride about how they have a cogeneration plant. So they take all the wood scraps and they send it to the cogen plant and then they generate clean energy and about how it's this very, you know, environmentally friendly way of doing it. And well, it sounds like it's not sawdust would be cleaner than 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 just straight wood. It would be because because you've already broken it down into into something that's easier to burn. So you know that's okay. You know, like like coal coal they can pulverize. They actually don't just put like you think of coal <laughs> as as charcoal briquettes sitting in a, <laughs> a barbecue and we burn it, but that's not how they do it. Yeah, they 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 pulverize it in a oh. tiny little powder and then they they shoot the powder through a you know through a, oh. a giant boiler and then then heat that up. So it's <laughs> that's so and that's how they get it more efficient. It's just like what's more what's the easiest way? What takes the less the least amount of energy to get you to a point where it's powder. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if they're doing, if they're doing like a, you know, if they're doing the sawdust, it would be better than just burning straight wood for sure. Um, so I, I don't want to, I don't want you to, to get, get into trouble with the, with your, with your family talking about wood, but yeah, it's not, it's no, I mean, it wouldn't, even that wouldn't be as, as efficient as other things, but uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's not as, it's not as bad as just, 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 uh, you know, oh. burning trash, just throwing burning. It's better than burning trash for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I yeah, know. For sure. No, I was just curious. Sorry to interrupt you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, no, you're good. No, but go ahead. No, but the, but I mean, I think that this kind of as, as big as that bummer run was, it does highlight the point that that uh, that we, in the end, what's going to make the difference is is going to be us. And, and it's funny you talked about it's all opt in. It's still be, like saving the planet is is unfortunately still opt in. Right. Yeah. It's, it's done. It's yeah, done it's by, by us making decisions. Yeah. And I think having an understanding that you're that you're recycling you know, it's, it's, it's being, it's being managed, yeah. you know, as, as best I suppose as people can do at the moment, but we don't have, we haven't got it right yet. Yeah. That's another reason to yeah. just try to get less in either of those bins. Yeah. And because yeah, the mar- it's, it's Sorry. Yeah, to take your head out of the sand and be realistic and say, common sense says you put a loose little tiny piece of plastic or anything in your, in your bin that it's, it's probably not going to get recovered. Right. Yeah. Uh, and if it is does get recovered, it's probably not going to be used for this as as holy, uh, high and mighty of a purpose as you think it is. And just be a little more realistic about it. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, you know, the the recycling. This is the unfortunate thing: is the recycling message was pitched so hard yeah. to the American people, and it took a long time for it to get absorbed. It was like right. it, it was it was like literally yeah. pulling teeth. To get people to be like, all right, fine. Like my mother was just visiting us and we had this long conversation and (laughs) I do this show. I do this show. And she was like, well, I recycle. And I was like, "It, I I get that. And I think that's wonderful, mom. But then I started breaking down how so much of the things that she was, you know, feeling good about was probably I was giving my mom a bummer run, you know. And so but she was she had her mouth open. And I realized the, the problem is there was 20 years spent in this country to really convince people like if you do that it'll help and then the problem is 
it, now everybody's like, well, I'm helping, aren't I? And so even and they've as, been betrayed, they've been betrayed. But 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 like Jonathan said, th- this is uh, this is we have to shine the light on it. It's yeah. it's only going to get better the more that we talk about it, expose it, and just say this is a situation. And now we we've got to find new ways to reduce what it is that we're buying, right? I also want to. I just yeah. but before I'm, I'm sorry to keep coming up, but I want um, there's a there's a point to our show <laughs> that, yeah. that that we we talk about when we pitch it uh, when we, we get ourselves into whatever conventions and other things and get get people to to come on the show or whatever else. What our, our pitch on the show is that you want to you want to all we're trying to do is get people to have a change of mindset. Right, and and our first ever episode was about straws, and and how how uh, you know how if you don't use a straw, uh, does it do a heck of a lot for the environment? Well, pr- no, not in the grand scheme of things. No, not really. No, not not really. It's 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 a tiny amount of plastic, uh, and 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 you know we use some straws, but it's not really the end of the world. But the point is, if you choose to not use a straw, then you've had a change of mindset where you're now thinking about <clears> it, and you're looking at it. Now, one thing that's bright about recycling yeah. before everybody gets lost and, and yes. hates the world about, you know, the fact that recycling <laughs> yes, is not working out. I didn't no, mean no, to do that. I didn't mean to do that. Yeah. Well, but this, cause we have done a bummer run and you got to yeah. show the other side of it Yeah, is that every single person on earth who has made the decision that recycling is a good thing and I'm helping and I'm doing something different. Those people all had a change, a change of mindset yeah. already. That yeah. change of mindset is there. And so you are by recycling, you are doing the right thing because your mind is in the right place. Yeah. And your heart is in the right place. So we're just saying that more needs to be done on the other end, which people like Jonathan are working on to mm-hmm. make to make the, the recycling a little bit better. But in the meantime, we've got to do our part to to actually do even a little more if you can. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It, it, I, yeah. That's, that's great. And you're right. Behavioral change takes a long time. And we were we were marketed to like uh, yeah. Jacob's mom yep. uh, was market was marketed to. For a very long, for most of her life, yes. that we need to recycle. And there's organizations like Keep America Beautiful is like the infamous one that is funded by big manufacturers of disposable single-use products like Coca-Cola and and those types of companies. And they told your mom and everyone's mom over and <laughs> over and over again that the reason why we have litter is because people like your mom don't recycle properly. Right, and they even used. They had a very infamously had a Native American crying because tearing. That he had a whole like yeah. Native American garb on, crying because uh, you know Americans uh, <laughs> are, are the white man is polluting his <laughs> his his homeland. Was is the message they're sending? Yeah. And not only is it a bunch of baloney, but it was also the guy wasn't even Native American. He was an Italian actor who <laughs> just happened to you know, be able to look, USA. look the part. And, oh my god! You know, I think uh, <laughs> it does bring up. It, it brings up a good yeah. good point, though. Yeah. <laughs> that uh, yeah, we've been we've been given bad information, or like you know that either we're not recycling properly, or by recycling we're doing all that we can do. And I think that. Now that we know, the more and more we talk about it, we know that, yeah, recycling is good, but it's not yeah. the end-all, be-all. It's not the only thing we can do. I think that we kind of have an obligation to keep on asking more questions sure. and figuring out, well, what's the, what's the next step? And the first step is, like, like I was saying earlier, is start to look at ways to stop using disposable single-use items. Because you're right, yeah. plastic has a lot of utility. Plastic will last a very long time. I have plastic things that have been in my life for decades. Um, my camping, my backpacking mat, the inflatable mat, the thing that comes to mind, it's very old and there's no, 
glass model that you can use to replace it. Right, right. It'll last for it'll last forever, and I take care of it. I try to make sure when I'm done using it, I fold it up and I I deflate it properly and everything. Mm-hmm. But that's different than you just get takeout coffee because it's convenient. Yeah, I I and have my we kind of take yeah. You know, I still have my Luke Skywalker action figure, and it's plastic, and it's been with me my whole life. Yeah. So there you go. There you go. And all the pleasure you've gotten from I that Luke love Skywalker it. I'll action never figure. get rid of it. It'll never go away. Yeah, no. So we've <laughs> talked about how you can you can take your, your portable copy, coffee mug. We have our little bio-friendly podcast ones that we occasionally give away. Yes, um, yes. The, the, you can take your, your coffee mug to any coffee shop. And they'll fill it up for you, and they'll yeah. even get off and give you a mm-hmm. discount if you do that, right? Yeah. I mean, that's that's it's it's a it's it seems like a little thing, except you think about how many cups of coffee the people that you, you have in a week, yeah, and then true. how much space that takes in a bin, right? Yeah. And you just add that up, and over time, um, you are you're reducing bins. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I did I did a a collaboration with a company that that makes the K cups, the just the single use single serve coffee pods. Yeah. And they, they have a partnership with TerraCycle to take the pods back and right. recycle them. Yeah. I know K-Cup does it. Nespresso does it. Yep. Is it the best solution? I don't know. But I think it's better than nothing. Right. And, yeah. man, I got annihilated on my social media. I haven't even posted. So it was, I, it's, it was on Earth Day. It was about a month ago. I haven't even posted since then because I was, like, so, like, disheartened that people were just so mean to me saying, why am I greenwashing? Why am I promoting disposable coffee? Why am I doing this? Why am I doing that? And I said to them, I said, God. There are offices right here in America that go through hundreds of these K-cups every single day, and they throw them in the trash. Yeah. So if I can get one of these offices to put them in a freaking totally. recycle bin and make sure that they're going to get the coffee grounds removed. I don't know if they can recycle the plastic or not, but hopefully they can at least separate the coffee grounds and, and compost or digest them. And I was just kind of blown away at how like vicious people were attacking totally. me. Uh, what is- that's not zero waste. That's not sustainable. That's not good enough. One of the one of the things that we we fight for and fight and fight with here here at BioFriendly is uh, is kind of the the modern the modern way of, of handling problems, which is all or nothing, uh, and and uh, yeah. and also being being mean. I mean, unfortunately, this is the one thing that stops a lot of new environmentalists from from joining the cause are current environmentalists. Yeah, <laughs> because yeah. they're mean. Not all of them. Yeah, but enough of them. Yeah, right. Enough yeah. of them that that it's that that you you have a situation like this where it's like there's there is more information to this than you are looking at in your two second flash yeah, yeah. where you're repeating what's what someone else said and therefore you think it's important that you say the same thing. It's not research if you read yeah. a blog. Yeah. It's not research. You know what I mean? But, it's it's yeah, crazy. You're right, you're right. It's like there's people that this is their entire career <laughs> is to figure this out. You don't get to read a Facebook article and then become an expert on what, what the K-cup situation like is. Get indignant to poor Jonathan is just know, trying to save the planet. It's just that's yeah. the thing is I, I, I admire what you're doing and we are no strangers to that whole culture. <laughs> and I'm just letting you know you found friends – in this uh, environmental community yeah. that believe the same thing, don't which is like, up, don't stop tweeting. Get back, get back get, out there. Get back, get back, out, there back out there on, on Instagram. Social media. Yeah. You've got friends, you've got people who are with yeah. you, you've got support. You can't, you can't give up. Yeah. I'm excited it's, that we're, yeah. we're neighbors too. Yeah. So maybe we can meet in yeah. real life. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, yeah. Don't, don't, don't give up. There's, there's actually more, there are more people who are sensible than aren't. It's just that the ones who aren't don't know what to do. So they're too loud. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the way I look at it, uh, the, the analogy I try to make, it's like a boat, it's like a ship or a boat that's got holes in it and it's like sinking. It's like plastic pollution is like, it's just like we're getting overwhelmed with all this plastic everywhere in the environment. Like the boat, 
It's like we got holes in the boat. And it's like yeah. some people are like, well, just turn off the turn off the spigot. Stop the you know. Yeah. But you have to scoop the water out and and patch up the holes at the same time. Yeah. If right. you try to just patch up the holes, it'll sink. And if you try just to scoop the water without patching the holes, it'll also sink. And I think right. that we need to do every, like everything's on the table. And I think that kind of like you said, like we get in these environment, like a lot of environmentalists, they think whatever I'm doing is the most important thing. Or we get right. all the social justice warriors and they say, well, whatever I'm doing is the most important thing. And yes. like, all these things are important and we need all of them. <laughs> like this is not a yes. one, yeah. one solution problem. Yeah. This is like a systemic problem of we are consuming way more resources than the world can handle. And we are pumping way too much carbon into the environment than the world can handle. And we need to do everything we can everything. to yeah. reduce it. And apparently not use Bitcoin because I guess Elon started taking Bitcoin and now, now <laughs> Tesla is not taking Bitcoin anymore. Because uh, you, of the know what, let, you know what? Okay. All right. So it's so funny. God, this is such All a funny <laughs> industry. So, uh, yes, no, I, I, I read that too, but, but, uh, just, just for, for the record, most of these mining companies have, have already transitioned to, uh, to renewable energy. Yeah. to power their their yeah. minds. Yeah. So it's actually it's to, I think that Elon Musk was was trying to uh bring attention to this and get every get get all of the mining companies to jump in, but it's actually it's it's not that it's I think I think he's trying to push in other countries because uh, in China they're 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 getting really big into the Bitcoin game and they're not yeah. using the same kind of like most of most of our North American Bitcurrency is made in Canada. Uh, cause it's, cause it's cold. And most of the, the currency made in, in, uh, in Europe is made like in, in Norway or in the, in Northern Russia because it's cold. Cause you got to cool down all these really hot, you know, uh, processors that, that, yeah. are, that are creating, that are creating the Bitcoin. And yeah. so, and so that in China, they have cold areas too. It's just that in that area, they're not really, they don't care. <laughs> they don't care. They just want the money. Yeah. So they're, they're called it like blood currency because of that. But most, <laughs> most of it is actually, is actually, believe it or not, not so bad. But I think that Elon Musk is trying to sort of bring awareness to that. There's still some, some that have some problems. issues here we got to look at, but I think he's just trying to play God. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's, yeah. that's his favorite right. thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, I do have to keep Jonathan on point. I can't because he's uh, got to go. What? He's got to go. We're oh running, no, are we already there? We're I running. We're just, I got a, can we, if we talk can we talk more? We need, there's yeah. so much more to talk about. Yeah. I know, yeah, I know. Great. We'll just have to have you back, buddy. <laughs> and next time, it'll be possibly in person. In person, right? Yeah, that'd be rad. But there was something you said that I was gonna get. We've got a few minutes. I'm just keeping. The, I'm just keeping at some point to cover what we can we before got he's got to go. Crypto, which got me all all, all excited <laughs> to talk about the, the the crypto, which is which is fair. No, yes, fair. Yeah, yeah. But um, wow, oh, man. Jonathan, is there what, what what's some stuff that that you'd like to touch on before we wrap things up? Anything? Any? I was just, well, I was just funny because Noel was talking about China or like you know the like that's like that's been the big like national politics thing. Like we don't need to do anything for the environment because China and India are going to consume way more resources, so it doesn't matter anyway. And right. I think we need to stop. Like we need to. We are in America. We have the money. We have the resources to do anything, and we need to be. We need to lead. And I don't really right. care. That's kind of like, you know, if you're like, oh, all my neighbors are are overweight, so therefore I'm just going to let myself go and eat like a pig. Right. It's yeah. like we don't do that. We say, no, I want to I want to eat healthy. I want to exercise. I want to stay in shape. It, that that is completely unrelated to what anyone else is doing. So in America, we need to lead and we need to advocate for policy change and 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 we need to support innovation and things that are going to continue to make us be leaders. And I don't really buy that that idea that we'll like 
well, if China is going to not care or emit pollution or whatever, therefore we can just be a free for all because it doesn't matter. And I think that's, that's right. a bad way to look at it. Yeah. That's right. No, it's it's got to be the opposite. And we've got to do, do we got to do, do a good job of holding our neighbors a bit more accountable. I mean, look, we we've this this is the, the way that we do it in America is, is is a mess. China can can do what they do because we are desperate to consume. And yeah. that's that's the that's the issue. It's just we we just consume too much and we haven't as a as a culture quite adjusted to that. But yeah. I think we'll get there because I think it's important to people. Yeah. And the Which I means that we have the power. Because we we're so consumer based, that means that we can we are the spigot. We can turn it off. We absolutely <laughs> are have a yeah. really big difference. That's yeah. the funny so. thing about it, is we absolutely are. We, yeah. we, we 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 are the spigot. We're the ones who are consuming everything that everyone's selling. Us and, and, and Europe a lot consumes quite a bit. We too. can take the power back. Take the power back, Jacob. Yes, rage against the machine. One yeah, said, yeah, yeah, yeah. "No, but well, I, I just don't give up, Jonathan. Before you, yeah, don't give up. I can tell you, every single environmental cause that is going on right now is doing something wrong. I, I, I mean, I know it's funny to say, but I, like people who are who are all about electric cars, I can give you a fact base." <laughs> argument as to why electric cars will destroy the world one day <laughs> right, right? I, I, in, in terms of renewable energy i give you a fact-based argument as to why renewable energy will destroy the world one day yeah. all of this like, like there are problems with all of this but the heart behind it and the path that these things can lead us to eventually are where we need to get yeah so everybody's doing something wrong but we're all trying to do the right thing so don't don't give up on your cause because people who don't know anything yeah. are knocking you down. Yeah. Uh, get back on, get back on social oh. media. Get out there. You can do this. Thank you. Yes. yes. I didn't know this was going to be such a productive therapy session. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right. John, John, better let you go. Right? Yeah. 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 Thank yeah. you. Thank you, guys. Yeah, we yeah, won't. We, we won't tell anyone about this conversation. It's this all has private. Never happened. HIPAA. <laughs> this is all. Your secrets oh, are man. safe with us. <laughs> uh, Jonathan Levy, uh, man, we had so much fun with you, and we're really looking forward to being uh, buddies here in Pasadena. Thanks for coming on the Biofriendly I'm, Podcast. I'm really excited about that. So yeah. I feel like I have like al- environmental allies. You do. In my, my neighborhood. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool guys. All awesome. Right. All right. Well, have a great day, great week, and we'll we'll talk to you soon. Sounds great. Thank you. All right. All right. Well. Wow. That was awesome. That went, that went deep. It did. It did yeah. go deep. And I mean, I got to say, what I really loved about it, first of all, here's a really knowledgeable guy who knows his stuff and he's trying mm-hmm. to help the world. Yeah. And he's been bullied on the internet. <laughs> literally. Bullied. Literally. This is a guy that's so funny. Here's, here's a guy. He's trying to is, save who the is world. Actually, who's actively... Not just tweet, not just tweeting, not no. just virtue signaling, no. not just out there, just no. out there telling people that he's great. Here's someone who's actually going out there and coming up with ways to make the problem less. It's unbelievable. And he's being attacked by virtue signalers. Yes, yes. I, I doesn't I'm, want to tweet. Doesn't want uh, to go on social media. Yeah, because because. Our, the audience, you guys are great and we love you guys. And it, it, I think we joke a lot about the brow beating, but that was an example. This is what that we're was literally about. a real life Your, example. Our own industry killing, <laughs> attempting to kill right. one of, one of our champions. One of our champions who's out there and doing the work and uh, really helping things. And yet he's been told, you know, I just, man, that's crazy because it is one of those things you realize you go, okay, yeah, K cups, 
it, th- there's a problem. So what's the, what's this no, in between solution? How can we solve it? And everybody's so like, stupid. get rid of all of them. And you're like, there's so many people with Keurigs. There's so many people who Hold still it, come have on them. In. Yeah, no, ca- come, come in. in. No, Elise, Elise, so come on in. This is the end of the ladies and gentlemen. Elise is, Elise is. This is proof that Elise is getting mad at us. Early, we had podcast. to do it early. We didn't, so we didn't tell you because we didn't want you to feel like you had to come. Yes, early in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, poor Elise. Oh, I know. Well, uh, yeah. we, we said to the audience up front, so, we're like, see, Elise, Elise made it on the show, yeah. just kind of, you know. Just passing know, through. Secretly passing through, yes. So, yes. But, uh, but no, uh, but you're, you're, you're absolutely right. It's, it's, it's so, it's so funny. It's so, so funny, funny, this, this industry, because it's, it's in the, it's, it's kind of, it's seated so yeah. firmly in this kind of modern social media hate fest. Yeah. And it's an issue. Like if you're yeah. if you if you're a part of any of these these environmental groups on Facebook, uh, you know, or, yeah. or following some of the bigger accounts on on Instagram and Twitter, it's like it's a it's amazing. It is the, amazing. The infighting, the fighting between people who you think should agree. Yeah, it blows my mind. It blows my mind. And when he was saying, "I'm glad I've got friends," I suddenly thought of a really great song parody. Oh, that we could do, okay. which is, I've got friends in green places <laughs> that we could do. Because it's literally about like when you have friends that are also environmentalists or yes. aren't jerks. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Oh, I got friends in green places. Yeah. That's our jam. That's our jam. That's our jam. Anyway, oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> you guys, that was so fun. That was a great episode. Loved meeting Jonathan and uh, looking forward to hanging out with him in person. But, uh, but yeah, man, that's pretty much it. Let's do our let's do our tags, and we don't even have Elise here to guide us through. Uh, unless she shouts, call, we have to call her in from yeah, the other yeah, yeah, just right. to, to mess this, so we don't mess this whole thing up. We are your beacon of light in a gloomy environment. Carefully avoiding neo nicotinoids. We are the Siegfried and Roy and Meryl Streep of podcasts. <laughs> this show is a joke. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> um, never believe. <laughs> Step one: Don't make fun of no, your friends. Oh, here he goes. <laughs> Step one: Try harder. Step one: Chill out. There it is. Yeah, <laughs> Elise laughing. Um, and I don't think there was anyone after that, or was there? I mean, I'm sure there probably is, but we but we don't know. What we it don't is. know anymore. Therefore, it we don't know exist. what's going on. Elise is in here, and so we can't have the, have the guidance. But thank you guys for joining us. We will see you next you week. Can, you can't even. I'm not even. It looks like I don't have socks on. Isn't it, it does. It no, does no, look no. like you don't. But they're just so small. They're so. I pick. They're, I pick low low socks. They're petite. It's less waist. It is. There's less socks. <laughs> it's less waist. <laughs> These well, are my zero waste. These socks. are zero waste socks. I love it. <laughs> They're made out of K cups. Yeah. What if we started doing zero waste underpants? Oh, which is no underpants God. at all. <laughs> that is definitely an episode. <laughs> Who says we haven't been this entire time, though? Ooh. <laughs> Cheerio. 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 Say bye. There she goes. There she goes. It's the Bio Friendly Podcast. It's the Bio Friendly Podcast.